this is Josh Gondelman. Nope, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week I try to make it a little more pleasant, a little more fun. I play a game with one guest who is guaranteed to win that game because they are the only contestant. As we go through the game, I assign them points based on how much their answers delight me and cheer me up. Then, at the end, the winner and only contestant wins a $100 donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice, and we each give a pep talk to cheer up someone or a group out in the world that we think might need it this week. Because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. Today's guest will be appearing in a play called Fairy Cakes off-Broadway, opening in October, which is so exciting. But that this is great. I'm so happy he's here. Welcome to the show, Mo Rocca. Josh, thank you for having me. I, I'm, I'm always up for a pick-me-up and making myself and other people feel good. This is exciting. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. This is like exactly the right attitude to, to come into this. With. How have you been feeling recently? It waxes and it wanes. Sometimes I'm the mm-hmm. stress level. So sometimes I'm stressed out, but I'm feeling really good right now, not just because I'm with you, but because I finished a, a writing assignment earlier today. And then I could um, treat myself to a really nice walk outside, um, a walk where I was really enjoying myself rather than thinking about all the things I had to do. Yep. Oh, that's such a good feeling when the walk is for the walk and you're not like, if I walk for five fewer minutes, I can be done with work five minutes sooner. That's so well put. It's like walking versus pacing, right? Yes, 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 right. Pacing, but you've just outsourced it to the outside world. Um, (laughs) When you walk, do you listen to things or do you just go like the ambient noise of, of the city? I sometimes do ambient noise, but I often do music for different for different moods. Like, if I want to feel good about myself, I listen to Carol King singing Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Not, not the whole mm-hmm. show, sound, you know, cast album, the actual the, the actual song, Beautiful. Um, if I'm feeling wistful, then it's sort of dusty Springfield and windmills of my mind. Mm-hmm. And if I if I want to sort of feel grandiose and uh, and on top of the world, it's Andy Williams's version of MacArthur Park because he just goes, it's, it's like orchestral. It's kind of a nuts, nutso mm-hmm. version of the song. I love that. I love like setting the mood for the day in the headphones and just like this is this is the movie that I'm in today. <laughs> well, yeah, and if it's if, 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 if it's grandiose, I feel like I mean it's probably dangerous, but I feel like I could stop traffic. Like it's like I don't care that it says don't walk. I'm walking <laughs> right into the intersection. This is my big scene, so <laughs> yes. I will stop the traffic. <laughs> this Didn't isn't the get... scene where I get hit by a car. <laughs> Didn't you get the call sheet that this scene you are playing, <laughs> you are playing a driver just stunned mm-hmm. by my presence? <laughs> We're listening the, to the Andy Williams version of MacArthur Park here, and it's about me. <laughs> Speaking of getting hit by a car, I think that leads us directly into today's game. Our game today is called Death Perception. As the host of the podcast Mobituaries and the author of the book by the same name, you've thought and written and spoken a lot about death and dead people. Therefore, today, I'm going to ask you questions about life, death, and life after death. As always, I will judge your answers based on accuracy, creativity, and how much they delight me specifically. Mo Rocca, are you ready to play Death Perception? I am ready. Perfect. Let's start here. What is the nicest thing an obituary can say about somebody? Like the ultimate compliment? I think it's a toss-up between 
she died peacefully in her sleep, surrounded by loved ones. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the most prominent German philosophers, the apostle of extreme modern rationalism, <laughs> whose ideas have had such a profound modern influence on the growth of political and social life throughout the civilized world. I think those are two good ones. <laughs> right. I mean, you have to be Nietzsche or somebody like sort of Nietzsche adjacent to get the second one. Mm -hmm. But, you know. Mm -hmm. There'll be another one that comes along. <laughs> Not everybody is eligible for that particular obituary. But those are the two kinds of um, of things, right, that, that you would say about someone after they pass. It would be, like, something about their family life and mm -hmm. or something about their, like, immense professional achievement. And I think those are both, like, lovely in different ways. Yeah, I think that's a great point, that, that, that there's the more sort of personal... <laughs> quotidian, relatable, and then there's, this is why this person made a mark, and this is why this person's getting a few inches in the New York Times, right? As mm -hmm. opposed to a paid death notice. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are, but ideally, I feel like you would want both of those, yeah, right? You like, you would, you would want to be the parent to an arm of philosophy and surrounded by loved ones. <laughs> I think that's right. I think that's right. I mean, I feel like Ariana Grande is going to get both. Yes, I think so too. I bet... I bet when she passes, and hopefully it's not for a long time, she'll be surrounded by many people that care about her. There will there it will be like a, a beautiful, touching, died peacefully in her sleep, and then just an accounting of her number one single. Yes, yes. <laughs> as many as 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 many as the people around her are the platinum records <laughs> that adorned those walls. Oh, that's beautiful! I, right, as numerous as her loving grandchildren. <laughs> Are her placements on the Billboard chart? Yes. But we all know she was number one in our hearts. <laughs> oh, that's so great! That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I missed my calling. I know it's such a sad thing that neither of us will be around to enjoy that because she's. She'll I know. Yeah. Gosh, I know she. Well, she's going to outlive me by <laughs> millennia. I think. Well, this is an excellent answer. I think I think you've really kind of combined the the obituary dichotomy into a beautiful uh, miu, and and this is wonderful. I think this is five hundred seventy five points right off the bat. For how many? Yeah, for how many more years Ariana Grande will live? <laughs> Next question: If you could have lunch with any three people, living or dead, where would you have that lunch, and what would you order? Well, this is going to be a little bit of a giveaway. I would have the lunch at Harmonia Gardens, which was actually mm -hmm. based on Luchow's on 14th Street, an actual uh, German, okay. very grand restaurant. And I would be dining with my three favorite deceased Dolly Levi's, Pearl Bailey, Mary Martin, and Carol Channing, of course. And we would all be there. We would... We would discuss the different productions that they were in. We would discuss that they went up the octave at the end of before the parade passes mm -hmm. by. And mm -hmm. I think we'd have just, I think we'd have a great time. We would let Carol order first, I think, since she was the first Dolly. And, uh, um, mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> and it would be, we're not going up to Yonkers, which I think is where she's from because this restaurant, Harmonia Gardens, it's an imaginary place, right? So we're going to place it downtown. Sure. I went to see Hello, Dolly a couple years ago, I guess. My wife is a, a huge Bernadette Peters fan. Oh, and, and why wouldn't she be? Yes. I know. 
Incredible. And so we saw Bernadette Peters in Hello, Dolly. And I had never seen the show before. And I said to her, I go, what's the plot? And they go, well, Dolly leaves. And then she comes back and everybody <laughs> says hello. And that is it, And uh, which I love. And she goes from New York City, from like the, from Manhattan to Yonkers, which is an adjacent town. Right. <laughs> and people, imagine having that kind of charisma that when you come back from being one town over, people break into song with joy. Oh, just what a what a lovely testament to your yes. charisma. Yeah, just by you making what's actually a very simple, mundane commute, waiters line mm-hmm. up and they start doing a duck walk <laughs> around an orchestra pit, and you keep thinking, are they going to fall in? But it's because Dolly's they back. They've been practicing in Dolly's absence <laughs> to not fall into the orchestra pit. <laughs> this is such a great gathering uh, of of people to dine with and and a great topic of conversation what do you order at such an event well i i'm a big fan of pickled herring and since it, mm-hmm. harmonia gardens was based on what was a great german restaurant i think we can have pickled mm-hmm. herring i guess we could have it in vinegar we could have a creamed version what's occurring to me now as we speak though is the enormous stress that this is going to place on the waiters because it's enough to wait on mm-hmm. one dolly levi mm-hmm. but they're waiting yeah. on three dolly levi so I mean, it's hard enough negotiating a grand staircase with those trays, but you know, Mm -hmm. so they're they're up to a certain level of stress. But this is this is like DefCon one. I mean, this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, this is the most stress waiters uh, in Manhattan have ever been under. Is greeting three Dollies Levi who have returned not just from Yonkers but from the grave. Yeah, I mean, forget the New York Times dining critic. I mean, that the di- all, three of the great dining critics could be at another table and they would be ignored mm-hmm. at this point. Like, they wouldn't care. Absolutely. Oh, there's no, there's never been a song, Hello, Pete Wells. <laughs> Hello, Pete Wells. Well, I love the idea of Pete Wells in, in, in a disguise as Dolly Levi, as a fourth Dolly. Like, wait a minute, four Dolly Levi's? I only reserved a table for three. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Pete Wells, is, the whole review is like, I wanted to see the treatment I would get here as Dolly Levi. <laughs> like, are they really going to greet me up on my return from Yonkers? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. It, 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 and how will the harmony be? Yeah, no, I think that I think that's mm-hmm. a good point. If mm-hmm. you're going to review Harmonia Gardens, you need to know how they're going to treat a Dolly Levi. Yeah, that, that is like, you grade the restaurant on what it does, right? Like you you have to take into consideration the mission statement, both culinary and ambiance. Uh, and I think you, if you're going to rank Harmonia Gardens for the New York Times, you've got to see how they greeted Dolly Levi. <laughs> this is a great answer. This answer is worth 362 points based on the number of Tonys it would win <laughs> if this dinner were eligible to win Tony Awards. <laughs> It's going to sweep the telecast. Next question. If you could see a live performance by anyone who is currently dead, who would you choose? I think I would have to go with Harry Hawk as Asa Trenchard in Our American Cousin at Ford's Theater on April 14th, 1865. I've always (laughs) wondered. So Harry Hawk was an actor who played the comedic lead in Our American Cousin. He wasn't even the original. Mm -hmm. He was like the replacement. And 
they wait. Wait I'm I'm sorry. So the president didn't even see the original cast. I know I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> yes, it's isn't that crazy? It was like a road company. I mean, Laura Keene was still in it, but they'd are but the guy who was the original Ace of Trencher <laughs> had moved on. I probably to be Horace Vandergelder. I'm sorry, I don't know where, where he had gone on to. But um <laughs> but but so Harry Hawk was in the role and uh, John Wilkes Booth waited until the huge laugh line, which was, this was the line that Harry Hawk said, you suck dologizing old man trap. And it got a huge laugh. And that's when the horrible, horrible shots rang out and, and Lincoln was, was murdered by John Wilkes Booth. And I always, I always thought if I had a time machine, I would want to go back and be in that audience. Well, first of all, I'd like to actually play play Asa Trenchard. But anyway, because it's a good, it's a character role, and I think it's something I could see myself in, at least a non-equity bus and truck. Version. You really sink your teeth into it. I think so. Yeah, and I've been doing diction exercises. You suck, dologizing, suck, dologizing old man trap. Okay, um, and. Uh, and it sounds like the kind of thing line you deliver to Margaret Dumont, like to a very stout woman. You know, you call her. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. but um, but I've always imagined that I would be back in that audience in Ford's Theater, and and just as he begins that line, that's the cue. Sockdologizing. As soon as he, the sock mm-hmm. and the sockdologizing comes out, then I would just scream and I would just say, "Gah!" Everyone, I would just scream and I would save the president. Ooh, that would be huge. It would be huge. You that would be, be a, a hero. This is a great answer. This answer is worth um, 865 points. The last three digits, of course, of 1865. Yes! <laughs> Huge answer. Next question. If you had the power to make one person in history never die, who would you choose? And we've kind of covered that Ariana Grande probably will not die. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're talking about Ariana Grande, so it's going to be obvious sort of who I'm going to say now. I would choose the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Because if Archduke Franz, if he doesn't die, then World War One doesn't happen, right? Yes. And then if World War One doesn't happen, there's no rise of Hitler, there's no World War Two. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's no Iron Curtain. So we just let's keep this guy alive, like him and Ariana Grande together, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. I mean, th- put them on the same diet. <laughs> On a long enough timeline, I feel like if Archduke Franz Ferdinand is like 200 years old and Ariana Grande is like 100 years old, I bet they would find each other and talk just to be like, so what's it been like for you? I, you know, that's a reason to bring back the old interview magazine, to have like her interview him or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> 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 Who interviews whom, though? I mean, I guess that's the conceit of the magazine. They're both such fascinating people. But I feel like if you're a if you're a 250 year old person and there's a 150 year old person that still has the high ponytail and everything, you're like, we probably have something in common to talk about. Yeah, I think We're so. Still and I could also see her kind of with like those epaulets and that kind of a thing, and some sort of Austro-Hungarian yes. Empire garb. I totally yeah. get that. I, yeah, I think she would She would really rock it. I mean, it's not that far. Like, this is kind of her rhythm nation, right? <laughs> Jan, Janet Jackson did not specify that rhythm nation precluded Austria-Hungary. I love, I love rhythm empire. Rhythm <laughs> empire, there it is. <laughs> Incredible answer, yeah. this Gosh, this answer is worth 250 
points just for how many years old he would be before people were like, we got to really study this guy. Excellent. It's a, I agreed. Next question. Throughout all of history, and this kind of draws on your expertise with your, your research in this field, in all of history, who died the best? This was a tough one because I had considered the co-inventor of the Stanley Steamer who drove a Stanley Steamer into a wood pile, but I, that felt a little anticlimactic. So I went with something mm-hmm. from um, May 2016 in the British tabloid, The Mirror, about um, Terence Charles Wakelin, who was 77. He was an erotic novelist found dead in mm-hmm. bed wearing nipple clamps after using um, the electric devices to pleasure himself. So, I mean, it, it was sort of in keeping with his profession. Um, and, you know, um, he was found by a friend who regularly came to feed his cats and described him looking very happy there in repose. That's kind of, I mean, a true example of he died doing what he loved. Yeah. Also, I don't mean to be gross, but imagine being the kind of person whose masturbatory habits were so extensive that you had to have someone feed your cat because you were so involved in it. (laughs) That is a a great point because it doesn't take that much to feed a cat. Like, is it it this involved? That's a great point. He's like the sting of masturbation. He's like, this could take days. Someone come over, feed the cat, ignore the noises from the bedroom, the sparks and such. You, you said he died doing what he loved. Was that love or was it just lust? <laughs> yeah, he died doing doing what he lusted after. Yes. His uh, pleasuring himself with electrodes on his nipples. Yeah, I mean, hey, it could be either. Who's to say where that line is? <laughs> love and lust. <laughs> He's, six, did you say 67 years old? No, he was 77. Oh, 77. 77 years old, still keeping the spark literally and figuratively <laughs> going with himself. And that's, 77 is a lot of years to be with someone, even if it's just you. Exactly. No, it's, it, it, exactly. Oh my God. But now I, I keep thinking about those cats and them just looking, <laughs> just looking at him staring and going, you can't just feed me? Like, you can't... (laughs) Come on, man, you're still... This is still going? (laughs) Just the occasional, like, coming off the car battery. (laughs) What a sweet detail. Even my hunch is maybe the friend who told that, who relayed the detail of him smiling, I imagine maybe he retconned that in, right? Because if I go over to feed a friend's cat, I'm not expecting to see him. I'm certainly not expecting to see him dead attached to electrodes. The last thing I would notice is facial expression. Yeah, I think so. I mean, also, I mean, what is it? Like the the rictus, like that, that you know, sure. that expression. Mm-hmm. Who knows what it could mean? I mean, it could be fright. It could be, <laughs> you know, an expression of menace or something. But, you know, but yep. uh, but it's nice to think of him smiling. I think so, too. And I think it's a sweet thing to relay, whether it's true or not, yeah, right? That's yeah. how you want to be remembered. Yeah, I, I do think that obituaries, and some people disagree with this, but obituaries are, among other things, one of the few bastions, maybe the only one in in print journalism, where generosity is the rule of thumb. I mean, not for war criminals, sure. but 
you know, he's an erotic novelist who died with electrodes on his nipples. Throw in a smile. Like, let's, I mean, because we... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think, who are we to begrudge him and his family that touching memory? Right. And by his family, we mean the cats. <laughs> who actually were probably not, were not feeling very generous. No, I, no, I think you're right. Cats were famished. <laughs> Of course. This is another great answer. This answer is worth 120 points based on just kind of a, a number of volts. <laughs> just a handy number of volts. A high-voltage answer. I love it. Yeah, kind of a high-voltage answer. Final question. Assuming that heaven and hell are real, presuming that for the sake of this question and answer, what is one feature you're sure is present in heaven and one feature you're sure is present in hell? Well, I'm sure that um, in heaven, there is central air. Because, you know, in, mm -hmm. in a New York apartment, with the summers getting hotter, wall units are so loud. And, um, yes. and at least mine, I've had bad luck. Mine are unreliable. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the only good thing is it drowns out my tinnitus sometimes, like the, the noise of these, <laughs> of these wall units. Um, so I, I long for central air, and I believe that central air is in, um, is in heaven. Um, it, it is heaven. We know that. Um, and, um, yes. <laughs> and in hell, I'm convinced that they're serving wrap sandwiches. I have always hated wrap sandwiches, even when they were hot in the 90s. I think they're slimy. They Whatever their yeah. contents, it doesn't have to be a chicken salad or a tuna salad. They take on a kind of slime. And then that combined with sort of the saran wrap, it just, it, it, it gets so glurgy. And I dread wrap sandwiches. Yes. It's so rare that a wrap sandwich is made with the same care and, and intent to enjoy as a sandwich on bread, I think is part of it, right? Like when you're eating a wrap sandwich these days, it's like on a tray because they needed to make, someone needed to make 80 of them to feed a whole group of people at a luncheon or something. This does not, to me, cover burritos, a distinct food item from a wrap sandwich. Oh, completely, no. It, 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 that's, it, it's, it's absolutely different. And I feel like also when wraps were invented, like somebody thought like, oh, this is so clever. I feel like the, the wrap yes. sandwich has patted itself on the back for way too long. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not okay. It's efficient. I don't know what to say, but it's not tasty. Mm -hmm. Look, if we're talking about it in context of the 1990s, the wrap sandwich is like the 14-4 modem of lunch options, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It's like, sure, we were impressed at the time, <laughs> right. but quickly the novelty faded and we, we realized we have to do better. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think probably at first with sort of, you know, when it was so celebrated, people compared it to Diane von Furstenberg with the wrap dress, which was really like a <laughs> dress, landmark in fashion. And people were saying, oh, mm -hmm. you know, these, these, these are the DVFs of sandwiches. They're not. Mm -hmm. They quickly, they, they no, <laughs> they're, they're not that. Agreed. It is not that 
pinnacle that we give it credit for because of other raps that 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 are notable in, in the world. Diane von Furstin Glurge. I mean, it just it has that glurge. Yeah, there taste. it is. Yeah. Diane von Furstin Glurge. Uh, Diane von Wurstenberg, we could even <laughs> say. <laughs> <laughs> the rap sandwich, the rap dress, Diane von Furstenberg. I feel, sandwich, like, Diane the, von I feel like the more we repeat versions of this name, the more likely Franz Ferdinand is going to walk in right now. He's gonna, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I, um, I totally agree with these answers, though. Central Air, what a joy. Rab sandwiches. I feel like they're always cut in half, toothpick through it at a place you don't want to be, and all you were looking forward to was lunch. Yeah. And then you see what it is, and it's like a, a buffalo chicken wrap with a translucent kind of gray tomato. Yeah. No Trans, it's translucent. It's the perfect word for it. Translucent. Yes. Well, it it always just seems, yeah, a rab sandwich always just feels like a paper bag that had pizza in it. Yesterday, I had to run out to buy some WD-40. I could have just bought a wrap sandwich and squeezed it over the hinge. <laughs> we are flaming wrap sandwiches right now, and they deserve it. Perfect. Great answer. This answer is worth a combined 68 degrees. That's one of my favorite temperatures for central air to be at. So 68 points for that, plus another... 300 points for how many wrap sandwiches you always see in one place and you want zero of them. 368 points for that answer. This brings your final score to 2,540 points, the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. Mo Rocca, how do you feel? I, I am just to die for. It just is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. As this week's champion and all-time high scorer, you have received a one, or you will receive a one hundred dollar donation or contribution to the cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? Uh, I'm good. I'm uh, to the Inner City Scholarship Fund, which is a scholarship fund which helps economically disadvantaged families in New York send their kids to the hardworking um, inner city parochial schools of New York City. Cool. Great, great, great. That's wonderful. And I will leave the information in the show notes in case anyone else would like to donate. And now, our final segment of this week's show. As every week, the pep talks. We will each give a pep talk to a person or group that we think might deserve it this week. I will go first. My pep talk, in keeping with the theme of today's show, is for morticians. Morticians, your jobs seem really tough. You consistently work with people in their saddest moments. And I mean grief, although I guess death itself also qualifies as a sad moment. And that must take a toll after a while. And as hard as it might be for the people you're helping to express, you're doing a good job makes a big difference. The stakes are high, which is weird because so much of your occupation involves spending time with people who will never complain if you do a bad job. I just hope that you're all able to take some time to care for yourselves too, morticians. And please don't say the work is its own reward. It's just too bought into capitalism and it makes you sound like a vampire, specifically you sound like a vampire if you say that. I hope you have access to mental health services, which is something I also hope for people who don't have to look at dead bodies at the office every day. But you for sure seem like you might need that. I guess this is true of a lot of people though. There's more that depends on them every day than others realize. 
They really matter even when people don't acknowledge them or treat them well. So if you're not a mortician, I feel the same about you. I hope you have support and love around you and time to care for yourself as well. And if you are a mortician, I apologize in advance because if I ever meet you at a party when I've had a few drinks, I will ask if you've ever seen a ghost. Mo Rocket, the floor is yours for a pep talk. I would like to give a pep talk to my tea bags. My acupressurist, Richard, suggested something called corn silk tea, which is made from what's called the mother's hair of the ear of corn, that beautiful silken hair when you're shucking an ear of corn that you find. That's been turned into a, a tea, which has been very therapeutic for me and very stress reducing. But sometimes walking around the apartment, I'll inadvertently leave behind a cup of tea and I'll find it much later and the tea bag will just be either floating there or worse yet just at the bottom of the teacup and I just feel badly for it because I didn't mean to leave the tea bag behind and Richard told me that corn silk tea only gets better as you refill it and you can use the tea bag for four five cups so I just want the my corn silk tea bags to know that I haven't forgotten you and I'm going to keep steeping you in hot water for as long as you're willing to moisten my throat. That's beautiful. <laughs> this is so great. I, I think the tea bags, that is such a good message for tea bags and for lots of other people. You're not forgotten. That That's it. That's been the show. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This has been Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champion, Mo Rocca. Mo, where can people find you and your work? Oh, boy. Well, I'm on Twitter and uh, <laughs> at, at, at Mo Rocca. And, um, and I do pieces on CBS Sunday Morning. And, um, and I love doing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me with Josh. And what can I say? I'm going to be in a play. Come see me. Go see him. This is so fun. I will leave all the information for the charity and the play on, on the show's social media and the show notes. If you have your own answers to today's game of death perception, tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman, or at Make My Day Pod. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, Please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. 